Hey, hi. It's Friday. No, it's not. You're or, right. I mean, sorry, yes. <laughs> we. It is Friday. It is the day after the day after Christmas. So, thank you for tuning in. If you... To, thank you for tuning in to our end of the year lists. Yeah, so um, this is the Media Book Podcast, we should probably say. No, we're going backwards this time. Oh, sorry. I'm all discombobulated. Sorry. You are. Okay, this all is that, the Media Book Podcast. All that figgy pudding. Thank you for joining us for episode two of our year-end wrap-up podcasts. Last time uh, you uh, hear, heard from our year-end wrap-up, we talked about television and the year of. And we gave you um, a recap of all the stories over the course of the year of big television stories. And then we gave you our top five personal lists for the best television series of the year. And then we talked about shows that we said goodbye to. Now, today, we are going to tackle music, the year of 2019 in the world of music. Uh, we're just going to do the first half as a recap of the news stories that hit throughout the year. And our second half will be our personal top fives for albums. We will not be doing a songs list this year, as uh, time did not permit. No, but we will have our songs we said goodbye to, what? or genres we said goodbye to. <laughs> what? Yes. Okay, we had a lot so. of genre. This was a genre-ending year. I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> as, as you noted constantly, everything eventually became the mono-genre. I mean, it's kind of happened more or less over the last 10 years. But like this year, it kind of, at least on the Billboard charts, there was not a whole lot of genre representation. There was like maybe two or three kinds of music that we saw. Um, in the top fives, uh, r- routinely year over year over year, or I guess week over week, week over week, yeah, and so day like, over day, really time it's not after so much time, the death of something <laughs> as more like we're just getting to the point where there's consolidation happening, uh, just like the consolidation we talked about last time. Yes, <laughs> we're going to consolidate. Yeah, and uh, uh, we'll have our friendly uh, dog helper here uh, that's going to pipe in. Right, I think that, that's our cue to, to move on. He's done with this. He's done with this long intro. He's like, alright, move on. That was guys. the intro? Yes. That was the intro. Alright, so, uh, yes, as we did last time with television, with music, we're going to start in and talk about... Um, the year that was. The year that was in music. Yeah. So, as we start with January, and Really, as we start with this year, being the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Yeah. And so, some organizers really wanted a 50th anniversary of Woodstock, <laughs> and that became an ongoing joke-slash-journey-slash-whatever-tangled mess it was over the yeah. course of this year. So, needless to say, this is not uh, one of the biggest stories of the year, but it was definitely one of the funniest. Uh, just the, the never-ending, like back and forth about whether it was happening, whether it was not happening, whether or not there was money for it, where it would happen. And so eventually what ended up happening is it did get canceled properly. Uh, the people uh, involved did get notification and it didn't happen. So say what you will about it, but it wasn't meant to be. Right, but we did chronicle its uh-huh. ever-expanding journey over the course of this year. <laughs> uh, speaking of a journey... Over the course of this year. Yes. R. Kelly. Oh. And the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly. And then the eventual actual arrest of R. Kelly. Let 2019 uh, be held up as the year R. Kelly finally got his comeuppance. As he was finally proved guilty 
uh, in court. He was finally uh, had an expose where everybody got to learn about all of the things, uh, all the terrible things he's done over the years. And it uh, marked the first year where you can no longer put um, put a remix to ignition on your uh, playlists. Yes, it was subsequently <laughs> banned from all wedding yes. playlists. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like no it or not. No more remix to ignition. No, you can no longer remix that. You can never have it served hot and fresh out of the kitchen. Oh, sorry. I know. Anyway, it, it, like in terms of songs that officially ended, <laughs> it, it's sorry, R. You Kelly. Know what? No, we don't need to apologize to him. He needs to apologize to all of the women that he's scarred for life. Just Moving like Drake. On. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, on. random audience member. Yes. Welcome. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, well, we had the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah, or more or less, did we? <laughs> As Maroon 5 uh, performed the Super Bowl halftime show. The only thing I think anybody remembers from this performance is all the stupid tattoos on Adam Levine's weird body. Yes, we knew he had a lot of tattoos. (laughs) But to see them in glorious HD (laughs) in front of an audience of hundreds of millions was a whole other thing. Oh, it was what it was. (laughs) It was what it was. It was what it was. But also shows that like the halftime shows have been... Just severely gone down in quality for the so, past uh, five years. On that note, looking forward to uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira uh, come next month. Yes, shaking those <laughs> hips. Yes, they're, they they're, can't lie. No, but, but they're they gonna, don't lie. They're definitely going to hustle it. Um, moving into February then, yeah, as we yes. do. Uh, rapper 21 Savage was arrested by U.S. Immigrations and Customs. Uh, yeah, he was. Because as everyone... Realized without realizing it, he was from the UK. Uh, yeah, this ended up being kind of a weird, one of the weirder stories of the year, as it got such national attention that at some point, even our president was tweeting about uh, freeing Twenty One Savage. Uh, he was the only one he was tweeting about freeing. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Oh, we'll get to that we'll story that eventually. So yeah, it was a weird, weird, weird situation, but he eventually did uh, get uh, his right. Yep. Uh, we also had the Grammys in February, as we always do. And yes. our favorite here at the Media Bow Podcast got the overall award. Yes. Uh, with Casey Musgraves winning Album of the Year. I think this marks the first time in the Media Bow uh, Podcast history that uh, our pick for Album of the Year went on to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. So, so we know uh, what we're talking about. It will never about. happen again. <laughs> Uh, this is a Actually, mark. It could happen this year, depending on uh, what we end up deciding at the end of this podcast. It could happen. It could happen because uh, there are uh, there is exactly one record on my top five that is um, uh, eligible and nominated for album of the year at the Grammys. Hmm. Only one. Only one. But then again, we only had one last year as well, right. and, so, ended and it ended up winning. So we are so. one for one. We're one for one. Let's do it. Let's do it again. All right. Just yeah. look and put that on the banner. Predicts Grammy winners. Yeah. Other than that, uh, not too memorable of a year for the Grammys overall. You're right. Uh, the, I mean, the most memorable thing that happens with the Grammys happened off stage with Ariana Grande. Yeah, uh, saying, I want none of this. Right. Well, not only not wanting none of it, but arguing with producers of what songs yes. to perform. It was about that, and then about uh, also, like, yeah, like, I remember it was like she wanted to do, like, a. A medley or something. Yeah, order. the producers had refused her to perform Seven Rings. Yeah, because uh, that was her current single at the time. She right. would promote it. They wanted her to do things off of the nominated album Sweetener, 
Right, and not the new album that no, she was promoting. The current album, Thank You Next. Yes, Thank You, Comma Next. Thank You, Comma Next. Yes. Uh, but they compromised by basically letting her do a medley mashup. Yeah. As most people end up doing. You know, most people just say, ah, I guess there's nothing we can do once you go live. What do we do? Cut feed? <laughs> it could. It could do that. Also, we had Queen perform. Uh, at not at the Grammys, but the Academy Awards oh, yeah. because of Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, Adam Adam Lambert. Lambert, yes, and Brian Adams also in the news, who had been accused of sexual misconduct and manipulative behavior. Yeah, this uh, let 2019 uh, be uh, uh, known as the year where Brian Adams also got his comeuppance after years of kind of being under the radar as a total creep. Uh, drug addict and several, several more uh, adjectives and descriptors you can use. Right. After 2018's <laughs> Me Too and yeah. Stand Up and Vocalize Your Voice and Don't Be yeah. Held Down. And yeah, it, it had ripples throughout the Rippled. music industry. A yep. lot of uh, women uh, uh, spoke out about him. Also, uh, kind of removed him from the, the cultural zeitgeist. And he was supposed to put out a record this year. <laughs> so it hit right before that happened. Safe uh, to say that didn't happen. Yeah, safe to say now his legacy is sealed. Yeah. Speaking of legacies, as we move into March, mm-hmm. the Jonas Brothers got back together. They did. And released a new, not just new singles, yeah. but new albums as well. And arguably are bigger than they ever were. Having two, what was it, two number one singles this year? And yep. a one number one record? And probably one of the um, highest selling um, uh, uh, tours of the year as we go into the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, if you're a Jonas brother, it's a good time to be one. Yep. Um, also, real briefly mentioned, the Britney Spears musical. Oh yeah, there was a musical that was written uh, with Britney Spears music. Yes, which Britney Spears later approved of. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Eventually. Yep. And one of the bigger stories of the music, I'm going to throw this one out right now. Okay, throw it. Um, this is Spotify, Google, Pandora, and Amazon all teaming up to appeal a controversial ruling by the U.S. Copyright Royalty Board that would increase payouts to songwriters by 44%. Yeah. You don't remember this one, do you? I vaguely remember you this vaguely one. You vaguely remember this one. This was part of an ongoing thing where Spotify had made a new deal mm-hmm. to increase its own royalty share to uh, artists and right. to songwriters. Right. And that eventually rippled over to Google, Pandora, and Amazon. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Moreover, that happened in March. Uh, the end of MySpace. As yeah, we know it. MySpace uh, got rid of basically all their backlog of music and uh, everything that was saved in their like their servers. It's okay. They apologized. Yeah, but no, it's not okay. Is it because like that means basically entire uh, cat- potential catalogs of people who didn't upload their music anywhere else is just gone. Yep. It's. I mean, I'm sure they would still have to have the masters. Yeah. Maybe if they weren't deleted, but that's the problem with digital data is that. Right. If it's deleted everywhere, it's gone forever. Yep. Uh, but, you know, in this day and age of the internet, it hardly ever is. But wiping, wiping those servers, wiping everything. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, all right. Let's see. What else happened? More Woodstock 50 news? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, covered that already. And, oh, yeah, we had a Grammy rule change. Okay. Uh, the eligibility for the 2020 Grammy Awards 
Closing one month earlier on August 31st. 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 Yes. Uh, the change uh, due to next year's telecast, 2020 version, yes. taking place on January 26th, which yeah. is two weeks earlier. Yeah, an award show shuffle happened. Yes. Um, it'll take place the same week as the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah. And also uh, in March... After a year of Avicii's passing, that uh, the uh, foundation was uh, launched in his memory. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Tim Berglinger Foundation mm-hmm. uh, was launched in his name. Moving on into April, Carly Rae Jepsen was in the news as she announced her new album, Dedicated. Scheduled for the May seventeenth release. Yes, we will. You will probably be talking about more of that later. Surprisingly, no, I will not. No, no, it didn't quite make the cutoff. Oh, but I did quite enjoy that record. I also got to see her live this year. Yes, uh, for the second time ever. Twice, right? Just once. Oh, just once. Uh, but yeah, uh, enjoyable. Uh, uh, yeah, enjoyable record. Not to the heights of emotion, but definitely something that Carly fans uh, have eaten up. And appreciated over the course of the year, and one of the better pop albums of the year, certainly. Okay. Um, moving on to other notable artists, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Was also this That's year. Sad. Um, yes, the late rapper Nipsey Hussle um, was murdered on March thirty first. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we'll talk about that at the end of the year. Yeah. Our, our entire end of the year rapper right, when we right, talk right. about deaths. Uh, let's see. We also have a Coachella announcement, or rather an announcement, as Solange <laughs> canceled her Coachella performance due to major production delays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the show went on as well, including a special performance by Kanye West for his Sunday Easter service. Right. Yes. Which uh, ended up, of course, giving us the... The present that was earlier this year, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Jesus is King. We'll get that later. Uh, yes, we will. Uh, let's see. We also have Golden Voice. Um, basically, the producers of Coachella and Stagecoach yeah. launching everyone camp, launching the everyone campaign this year, which was a safe space yeah. for those concert goers to Coachella and. Um, stagecoach. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, in April, you know what? No, we don't need to talk about this. Okay. We're just gonna keep going. Okay. It was about Beyonce's Lemonade album now streaming across everywhere. Right. But hey, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's her B. Yeah. Uh, which brings us right into May and the continuing adventures of Woodstock Fifty. Yeah. Just a saga that never ended mm-hmm. until it did. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sagas that never ended until it did, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, not just with her new uh, singles being released, but also with her new signing, I guess you could say, and big disruption with Big Machine Records. So yeah. So the this kind of dates back to before her the release of Reputation. Mm-hmm. She had signed a deal with uh, another record label, a major label, uh, uh, which would basically ended her relationship 
more or less with Big Machine Records, the label she had put out every single one of her other records on. There was a version, uh, I believe Big Machine still did have input in uh, Reputation's release, but it was like a, combin- a combined effort. And so the one after that was going to be her first one completely without Big Machine's help. But then, of course, who swoops in to uh, purchase the entire Big Machine catalog other than uh, uh, manager extraordinaire Scooter Braun? Uh, a grown man should not be named Scooter. <laughs> so, yeah, that began a feud that continues to today uh, through the rest of 2019 uh, with... Um, him basically in charge of her masters and her back catalog, and Taylor Swift uh, kind of left without access to a lot of that things, or at least presumed access. Mm-hmm. But we would be reminisced if we didn't at least bring up during somewhere in the show Old Town Road and Lil Nas X. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't talk about this in March, where it first hit number one. Uh, um, no, but uh, now that we're in May. But yes, the biggest, in my opinion, what may be eligible here for the biggest music story of the year was that little uh, little guy who could, Lil Nas X, making not only a, a debut for a debut um, a number one single on the Billboard chart, but then proceeding to beat the all-time Billboard one Hot 100 record for most weeks at number one. Out of literally nowhere. Off of a viral YouTube video and just constant streaming numbers. Wasn't YouTube. Viral TikTok video. TikTok videos combined with, yeah, just like social media attention. With the original song being just over two minutes. And then Billy Ray Cyrus getting on board too. And then kind of giving it the uh, extra push it needed to become number one and then continue to be number one. For the bulk of the year. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously... And pushing poor Billie Eilish to number two yes. for the rest of the year. Billie Eilish being also kind of a big, important story oh, this yeah. year. But, 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 but Lil Nas X, man, just a juggernaut this year uh, with an impressive uh, new record that I think will be very difficult for anyone to beat. Um, you mean record as in title <laughs> record, not record right. as in album. But also, well, yeah, she... He did end up putting out an EP later uh, for with mixed uh, qual of uh, mixed quality. Uh, yes, and we eventually sued him for Panini. <laughs> no, <laughs> did, did, we, did we not make that? No, we no? didn't. Oh. Because later it was revealed why like called, that song is called Panini. It's actually a reference to something. Did you did you know about this? No. So the song Panini by Lil Nas X is a reference to a character from the Cartoon Network series. Um, oh, what was it, what is, what is it called? It's, one, it's not one that airs anymore. Uh, Chowder? Okay, I know of yeah, it. Yeah, the Cartoon Network series Chowder, there's a character named Panini. Oh. And that apparently is the basis of the song. So he's saying, hey, cartoon character. It's basically like Panini is being used as a metaphor, because I guess the character Panini in the show was like like somebody, I guess there's a character arc where she's like believes in someone and then later doesn't believe in the person anymore and basically gives up on them. And so Panini in the song Panini is basically like, hey, don't give up on me. Believe in me. I can do it. Like, hey, Panini. <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> he's younger than us. You have to keep that in mind. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Ugh. Like significantly, like like nine or eight or nine years younger than us. Really? Yes. Uh, well, he's in his early 20s. So I can buy him a beer. Uh, maybe not. Barely. But- 
not by Billie Eilish a beer. Definitely not. And definitely not text Billie Eilish. Yeah, Drake. We'll get to Billie later. Well, we'll get to Drake later, too. Uh, but we're still in um, uh, May here. With one of the bigger changes that mostly went unnoticed, but okay. we noticed here, is Warner Brothers Records yeah. changing its name to Warner Records. I mean, just a simplification, really. I mean, they have had a year of uh, changes, mm-hmm. and uh, including their, their merger with AT&T. So it's like, it's not surprising that as a, on a corporate level, they probably were just like, let's just simplify all these names. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when everyone was freaking out about a hologram Whitney Houston? Oh yeah, hologram Whitney Houston. That was this year as uh, Whitney Houston's estate is open for business. Or was open for business. Yeah. Uh, for her material and yeah. likeness. The fans, not so much. No. <laughs> but as we do, we move into June. Yes. And with Apple announcing the closure of iTunes. Yeah. This uh, is not as big of a story as I think a lot of people think it is. The name iTunes is really the only thing being lost here. Right. The actual program still exists. It's just called Music. And it wraps up the existing iTunes platform where you can save your local files into the Apple Music program, which is their streaming Spotify equivalent. So really, it just was a simplification on their side. We didn't actually lose anything. You don't lose any playlists that are saved onto uh, your previous version of iTunes. It's just really the name recognition going away. And like honestly, I don't blame them for moving on. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of, yeah, it's an end of an era for sure. Right. I mean, the name iTunes was yeah. synonymous with, with yeah. the two th- the beginning of two, the 2000s. The 2000s, yeah. The decade of music in the 2000s definitely defined by iTunes. Yep. Uh, let's see. We also have, oh, a resolution from the Universal Music Fire. Remember ah, yes. when uh, literally master recordings were lost? So the fallout from this thing, I think, is eligible, in my opinion, for a story of the year. Okay. I think that the just the fallout from everybody being like, wait, my masters were affected, my masters were affected, and Universal trying to pull a Chernobyl and pretending like none of this happened and that it wasn't didn't affect nearly as many artists as has been claimed right if the artists themselves are telling you that they have no access to masters because they were involved in that fire then there's well when there's smoke there's fire well and so something had to have happened also realize that this fire was in 2008 yes and it's just now coming out the fact that it took so long for all of this to be revealed and artists that didn't even know that they were affected finding out this year through this story is brutal i think this is a all other potential fallout from Taylor Swift yeah. not having access to her masters, making yeah. artists realize, wait, where are my masters being held at? Yeah, and beyond that, too, in the indie scene, even over the last couple of months, there have been some discourse about certain uh, independent labels not uh, not allowing access to masters as well. So it's a industry spanning issue right now uh, that that a lot of artists are going to have to uh, keep in mind going forward that. Ownership of your own work is incredibly important when these companies will try whatever they can to own your work for you. Right, especially when more than 700 artists listed within Universal's internal documents lost their master recordings. Yeah, and some incredibly important bands, too. Oh, should we go through some lists? We don't have to go through them. Aerosmith, Chuck Berry, Neil Diamond, Aretha Franklin, Weezer... 
uh, Neil Young, yeah. R.E.M., Leonard Skinner, just... Basically, name a top artist right. in the last 50 years. Name somebody in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we'll probably hit one of these. Yeah, just, it's just crazy. don't throw away crazy. everyone that was impacted by this. Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Masters. But of course, Universal keeps you know saying that this is not as widespread as, as the artists are claiming. But who would know except for the artists? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's ridiculous and it was definitely one of the craziest stories. Right. Also, one of the crazier stories... That we reported on in June that only recently got moving forward was Genius. Yeah. A rap genius, sorry. <laughs> rap genius suing Google, or at least yeah. find, accusing Google of scrape, uh, scraping its site and stealing its content. So, yeah, it seems like Google is, and uh, the, their partnership with another lyric, lyricfind, I believe, dot com. Yes. Um, has been basically ripping off uh, data um, that's been created by the staff and community of genius.com and just completely posting it and then having that as the results when you search song lyrics on Google. And so Genius is being like, well, yeah, but this is pretty messed up. And the best part of the story and the original thing we recorded on was the crazy length that Genius went to try to get them found out. Where they put in code buried inside their lyrics. Yeah, buried this, Yeah, buried inside their lyrics. That, they had put in yeah. uh, apostrophes, right. which interpreted as Morse code, read red-handed. Yeah. And sure enough, they got when caught. they Googled those, like, that lyric... Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Literally, punctuation for punctuation. Yeah. Because... The Morse code ended up being red-handed. So yeah, as of last week, we talked about how this is now going to court. Uh, at least has a trial date set for uh, next year, April? Uh, May, like there, a 10-day trial year. of May. So now it's just a matter of whether Google will just settle with them and reach some sort of agreement, or whether we'll see them in court. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, uh, but then we move into July. Yes. And this is when Scooter Braun purchased Big Machine Records for $300 million. Yeah. And I want to put this as one of the big stories of the year. I think it definitely is. I mean, the fallout over over this and the conversation that started about ownership of Masters, as well as just the year that Taylor Swift has had, the, the bounce back from the doldrums of her career that was the Reputation era, mm-hmm. is just crazy. And the fact that she did it, on the strength of an album that wowed a lot of people, which we'll talk about later. Right. And I do want to point out that a lot of misrepresentation was being thrown out about this time. Yeah. Of what was offered to Taylor Swift. Yeah. The big one being that, well, they did offer her her master's back, but she rejected that offer. It's like, yeah, because if you finish reading that sentence, it's an album for an album. Yeah. And that's not not a good deal, because that's still... Six albums being put in for your albums back. Yeah, and obviously she has moved on from Big Machine, even though that's where she was incubated. It's where she did most of her, like, I mean, she'll say it herself before the purchase. She referred to the people over there at Big Machine as her family. Mm -hmm. Like they, you know, she wasn't leaving them on unamicable terms. It was until the Scooter Braun buyout where everything was just fine and dandy. Then after that, it was just 
downhill from there. Also, nor was she leaving them empty-handed, as Big Machine eventually and ended up signing artists including Florida Georgia Line, yeah. Thomas Red, Brantley Gilbert, Cheap Trick, Sugarland, Reba McIntyre, Brett Young, Midland, Carly Pierce, uh, and American Idol winner Trent Harmon. Yeah. So it's not like they got nothing. He got nothing no, out of the deal. They definitely will ha- continue having a. A wide stable of very successful artists, probably the most successful being Florida Georgia Line. Yep. Uh, but but still, it's just not no one's Taylor Swift. Like mm-hmm. they can never reach that high again. And I'm sure that uh, this new era of Taylor makes them very anxious and angry. But uh, but yeah, good for Taylor for getting out of there. But man, it sucks to lose lose all of your children in the process. Want to know what else sucks? What else sucks? Not hearing Weird Al Yankovic sing "Eat It or Fat." Well, yeah. because of the documentary "Finding Never" or not "Finding Neverland." This might be leaving Neverland. Let 2019 be the year that uh, I mean, I would say that Michael Jackson finally got his comeuppance, but really, we all knew it's just after his death, it had been buried so far underneath all the people appreciating his career. That we had forgotten, or not necessarily forgotten, we had swept under the rug a lot of the allegations. Turned the blind eye. And so now, with the with the documentary, uh, I think a lot of people were reawakened to the fact uh, that all of this occurred, and that uh, there were very viable cases against uh, Michael Jackson during his life, uh, involving his uh, his experiences with uh, young children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, uh, it was a matter of time that this was going to come out into the public, and I think what 2019 actually showed is that um, a lot of people did finally realize, okay, we're done with this guy. And so, yeah, you had uh, Weird Al basically saying he would no longer perform his Michael Jackson parodies. You also had um, the Michael Jackson guest starring episode of The Simpsons being pulled from streaming. Yep. Uh, you had um, radio stations basically uh, vowed that they wouldn't play Michael anymore. Um, and yeah, so it was a widespread uh, movement to kind of remove his impact on the music world uh or at least lessen it yes but now that the christmas season has rolled around you hear that jackson five album well yeah songs everywhere you're gonna, you're gonna hear that stuff it's the holidays but but yeah if anything it was good that at least more people became aware that uh that there was potential issues uh with him being as big of a star as he was or people appre- appreciating listening to Idolizing, I think is what I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah, yeah, like maybe like curve that like idolization of him a little bit. Right. Um, and one of the weirder stories of the year, remember what Build-A-Bear Records? Oh yeah, Build-A-Bear. Yeah. As, a re- as a children's record label. Yeah, well, in a partnership with Warner Music Group. Yeah, speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Build-A-Bears I don't know what label. ever happened with that. I assume they put out something. And I assume, we just don't know about it. I assume they did as well. Um, also in July is when R. Kelly was officially filed uh, right. charges against him. Yes. Uh, and that would be a continuing story yeah. we covered here. Uh, let's see. We also have random-ass lawsuits, mainly being the Katy Perry lawsuit yeah. uh, with Dark Horse. Yeah. Uh this came off of the heels of the Ed Sheeran lawsuit yep. from last year and the uh, blurred lines from like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Just another one in the uh, never string of people getting litigious about stealing beats. Yep. 
beats or chords or, or lyrics or lyrics or like yeah. three lyrics like like the Taylor Swift haters gonna hate thing that resurfaced this year too. Yes, it did. I was gonna bring that one yeah. up. Uh, let's see. We also and lastly in July the ever continuing Woodstock Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to mention it. Woodstock 50 is not going to be our, like, no. anywhere near our uh, story of no, the year. No, but it was funny. But it's just one of those funny things. It was this year's Fire Festival. It was, really, even though it wasn't as dramatic and crazy as the Fire Festival got. No, but that also brings up August and the release of those two Fire Festivals and documentaries. Yes. And, yeah, people just hated, the, hated McFarland even more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also had oh, this and sad news. Uh, a plane crash with Pink's management team on yeah, it. Yeah, was really earlier sad this year. One, but uh, yeah, even though Pink was not personally on board, it was thankful that no one was hurt during yeah, it. Thankfully, yeah. Um, in bigger news, though, Chinese digital di- digital giant Tencent. Yeah. Entered negotiations uh, with Vivendi to buy a 10% stake in Universal Music Group. Yeah, just uh, the further, uh, kind of what our biggest story of overall last year, which was media's uh, encroachment and obsession with China. Yep. Uh, this just continues that, is that China keeps keeps moving into our uh, the, the, our uh, uh, like media companies here. Was the TikTok purchase last year or this yeah, year? Yeah, it was last year. That was last year's story? Yeah. I think that might have been our story because it, it was just so big. I think with that, that ultimately uh, we chose our number one everything story as, yeah, as the China, uh, as just China's impact in our, our media industry because, yeah, and this is just further evidence. Like Tencent is literally bought shares in every single kind of media that we have. Music, movies, television, video games. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in this uh, in August, Spotify's family plan gained the feature for kids' music. Yeah. It introduced into its family mix. And uh, the VMAs also... Yeah, also they happened. Occurred. They, occurred. <laughs> they happened. Yeah, I'm trying to find anything notable to happen to it, but I mean, Lizzo yeah. one was basically the newcomer out of it and basically kind of took over the second half of the year. Yeah, I think when you're thinking about the biggest uh, names in music this year, and that really like came out of, well, not nowhere, but at least came out from under the radar, it's Lil Nas X, it's Billie Eilish, and it's Lizzo. Yeah. It's like those are the three that really made an impact and will continue being important people in the industry going forward. I would put Camila Cabello, although she She was more last year year. with Havana. And like, I think this has just been, this is year two of that. Yeah. Uh, But no, yeah, I'd say those three basically made the biggest Mm -hmm. splash this year. Let's see here. And I think that's all we have for August. Okay. We're going to roll right into September. Yeah. Uh, with Taylor Swift in China, with Lover being the international hit that it is. Yeah. I think that just goes over with just Taylor's influence in the music itself, in the music industry itself. And we'll talk more about Lover specifically later. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also had a, the uh, Prince's Estate announced a 1999 album, a deluxe 5 CD 
and 10 LP album. That thing is out, and from what I understand from uh, Prince fans, is that it is everything you'd want that to be, with a bunch of never-before-heard uh, demos and uh, performances of classic songs off of that record. Right, and also note that Prince or the Prince Estate also released a lot of original recordings for yes. songs that he wrote but never performed. Yes, yes, that also released this year. So a lot of posthumous uh, Prince content. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had the announcement of the Hella Mega Tour. Yeah. Uh, which is Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. Yeah. And speaking of tours, the new SoFi Stadium uh, being opened in Inglewood, Los yeah. Angeles. Not being opened by the Rams. Nope. But by Taylor Swift and Kenny Chesney. Yeah. Taylor doing her Lover West Fest, uh, which will uh, involve her and... Unannounced friends on a one date or two date? Two date. I think there's two days. Yeah, I think there's two days. Uh, Two day performance, so. Right, and not to be outdone, she would also be doing a Lover's East. Yes. In, in, no, not New York. Or uh, Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. Right, right, right. Right. But not to be outdone, Kenny Chesney will be performing the weekend after. Yeah. Already have tickets to go. (laughs) There you go. All right. So, yes. Uh, I tried to get tickets for the lover, but but no, sold no. out in seconds. Not just sold out, but the site literally crashed <laughs> yeah. and took like three hours just right. to get anywhere near purchasing tickets. Yeah, after it was after it opened up, ain't happening. Uh, we also have news from Amazon Music, the becoming the first of the three major streaming services. To offer high-definition sound with the launch of Amazon Music HD. To which, of course, my response was, no one will care. Because you need to yeah. have actually good yeah. either headphones. speakers or headphones. It's not going to matter. Nobody's going to be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, something, a little note, a little footnote here in the music world, but who had a big impact, a record producer of Motown, Barry Gordy announced yeah. his retirement. Yeah, after decades of shepherding that company. Yep, at the ripe old age of eighty-nine. Yeah, he decided to finally step, step down. And thus, we end up going into October here. Yeah. Uh, with Garth Brooks, uh, being uh, set of the Library of Congress twenty twenty receipt for the Gershwin Prize for popular songs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, considering he was the number one selling artist of the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, that we would uh, that they would honor him in such a way, as being like a culturally significant artist. Yep. Uh, other awards for that included Paul McCartney, Paul Simon, Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. So this makes is sense. right up there, right up there. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, we also had that interview with Rihanna in October. Um where she, um, with Vogue, where she talked about President Trump, her new album, mm-hmm. and why, even though her mentor Jay Z had uh, made the pact with the NFL, and yeah. she never headlined the Super Bowl, even though that was the rumor. Yeah, and this also was the interview in which she confirmed that new music would be on its way, I guess, presumably now next year, and that it would be a reggae album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get ready for a Rihanna reggae album in 2020. Well, we weren't ready for a Kanye gospel album. No one was. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, we also had the Beatles album, Abbey Road, topping yes. the uh, Billboard charts after 
a long, long hiatus. And its 50th anniversary. Yes. Much like Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band. Did on its 50th. Did on its 50th. Yep. Uh, let's see. We have the announcement for Stagecoach next year, including Eric Church, Thomas Rhett, and Carrie Underwood. Yep, and you were jazzed about that, I would assume. All three of them. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of lawsuits, Lizzo. Yes. Shot back at three songwriters who tried to claim that they deserve a piece of her hit, Truth Hurts. Yes. And in it, she just basically said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see how that ends up, but like, at least so far, doesn't seem to have escalated. Yep. Also, uh, also in uh, lawsuits, Juice World being sued by the yeah. pop punk band Yellow Card. This looks really rough now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I bet if you're if you're Yellow Card, you're probably um, maybe backing down off of this a little bit, uh, c- considering recent events. Uh, or maybe pushing it back. Because yes, I should. Out of the spotlight. I should need to obliquely reference this, but uh, but yes, Juice World uh, later in the year. Uh, in fact, last week, this last past week, uh, died of a, of a seizure. So yeah, uh, rough time. Uh, but yeah, that that did happen. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, well, even more lawsuits. Yeah. Including Taylor Swift's uh, "Shake It Off." Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and the phrase "players gonna plate, haters yeah. gonna hate." <laughs> and then more or less brings us to no- now. Yeah, to November. <laughs> yeah. With Rage Against the Machine basically spoiling Coachella. Yeah. Uh, making with their big comeback. Their big announcement. Um, and Casey Musgraves having a holiday special. Yes, which uh, I believe has aired. Yes, we this recording. and we have talked about it. Of yeah. aired on uh, November 29th. and let's just see. Um, oh, one of the ongoing stories that finally got a resolution. Yep. Spinal Tap. Yes, finally got a resolution this year. Yes, uh, with Universal Music Group basically saying, "Okay, yeah, you caught us. We'll pay you what we owe you, yeah. and then you can buy the rights. Just give us." 20 years or so. Our favorite story uh, in um, uh, lawsuits, which is the accounting error. Yes, the accounting <laughs> error. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have, I mean, we brought up Lizzo, Billie Eilish, and Lil Nas X. Yes. Uh, the Grammys decided that they were good enough to be nominated as the best three newcomers yes. for this upcoming They're award season. They're all up for best new artist. Yep. And I think that pretty much sums up everything here. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift did the AMAs with the actual medley, as we noted. Yep. And uh, probably might be a footnote, maybe a big story. Mm. Not sure yet, but the No Music for Ice. With, yeah. With a musician signing a petition to... Get their songs and streams off of Amazon Web Services. Right. So, so far, this is um, a small, small percentage of the music industry uh, with the indie bands kind of taking the head on this one. But uh, maybe if it affects uh, more of, uh, like, it gets a larger effect down the line, maybe this will have uh, more, like, results later. But for now, this is just a small beginnings of something just starting. Right. 
And with that, that brings us into yeah. December. Brings us and a bunch now. of end of the year lists. Spotify yeah. doing end of the decade lists. Yeah. Billie Eilish being named uh, Billboard's Woman of the Year. And Drake being the artist of the decade. And, and Drake texting artists of the <laughs> decades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, that brings us to today. Yeah. Uh, so, so, what do we label as the... Story of the year. I mean, I think uh, probably to me, one of the bigger ones is definitely um, the men of the music industry uh, finally getting their comeuppance. I mean, we had three right. that we talked about just now. Uh, basically changing what it means to uh, be like be, be like a, a superstar in the music industry and, and making sure that the bar is set high, not letting all these creeps run the show. And uh, I think another one would be uh, the uh, the Universal Music Fire. I, I think that's certainly a uh, one in the upper echelon. Just the effect that it has had over the conversation about like ownership of music. And then I think you can have like a two B like with the Taylor Swift stuff, right? Where you can talk about Taylor Swift's year, but with that also the Scooter Braun buyout of Big Machine. What that means for an artist to be just have their masters just taken away from them because of a buyout. I think it also brought up the effect of what masters are in this world that we're in, especially in the digital age of what is physical anymore. Right. Nothing. Right. But, you know, there still is a master recording somewhere. somewhere. (laughs) But in order to know, yeah, you have to make sure you know where that is and you have, like, that's, and it is accessible to you. Mm -hmm. So what are your three... More or less those? More or less those. I would also put um, just in a general broad category the impact that Lizzo, Lil Nas X, and Billie Eilish have had. For certain. I think that, uh, I mean, Lil Nas X by himself just setting that record and basically proving what it means to be, uh, have a hit in the digital streaming era. I mean, now that is the bar. Like, he set the new bar. Um... Also, in this, we didn't cover this, but it was constantly a thing on our Billboard charts, and that would be the double album. Yeah. The, the double, double album, album, while it's not an official story, had a big impact, especially yeah. in the Billboard 200. I mean, we talked a little bit about this with streaming last year, where we talked about all albums getting bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. and that's just part and parcel to what it means to be streaming these days. Streaming numbers are so important. That the longer your album is, the more numbers you're going to have. Just pure math, it's more beneficial to an artist if their album is long. Right, because they listen to the whole album, and right. that just bumps up numbers. And even if they don't listen to the whole album, if they listen to multiple singles from that album, that counts as album streams. Right. And so it's all like into into one big pot now. Also, uh, this is this would be the week that we would report that if we were doing a regular show. Um, but they, uh, YouTube is now, Billboard announced that YouTube videos will now officially be uh, part of their data collection going forward. Hmm. Yeah, so it mattered a little bit just because of the viral nature of YouTube videos before. Yes. But now num- raw numbers from YouTube are going to be compiled into the big pile that creates the Billboard Hot 100. Raw weekly streams. Yeah, streaming numbers will be now coming from YouTube. And the streaming audio networks. Okay. That'll be interesting because yeah. as we did note that, I think it was last year that the billboard, or at least whoever calculates um, the rankings, changed their model from 
plays yeah. to time. Yeah. From just hitting play on a, on a song to right. how long are you listening to said song. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what the effect this has of adding these YouTube numbers into the Hot 100 going forward. Right, because that's... Because YouTube already made that change from number of clicks to the length of videos, yep. which is why a lot of YouTubers change from having five-minute comedy videos yeah, to long-form long form 15-minute yep. videos. So we will see. Yeah. But Anyways, after, after all this, we still need to pick a story. I, I think that my money would be just on the insanity that is that Universal Music Fire story. Just the fact that a whole year has passed, basically, since we found out about it, and yet there's been no resolution. Universal is still denying it even happened. Um, and the artists are still just left, basically, without an idea of what, how to proceed. See, I like where you're going with that, but I don't think it defines 2019. Yeah. I think that is an overall story of, like, a decade. Yeah. But not necessarily the 2019 story in music. Okay. What would your what would your suggestion be? Uh, my suggestion would be R. Kelly. Okay, and, and the the other situation and everything, similar. all the other dominoes yeah. that fell because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it was definitely that's tough too because I feel like for similar reasons, this is also just the end of a story that's been going on for decades. Right, or it's also just the beginning yeah. of the litigation for it. Right, all. and so like I, it's hard for me to like go one hundred percent on that one then for the same reason because it's like. Yes, it was a big deal, and yes, it had had a ripple effect, but it's also the culmination of something. So, is the story really here? The Masters? Maybe because that is something that is now all of a sudden on everybody's radar that maybe hadn't been before. Right, it's also something that happened this year. Had a culmination yeah. this year. So, if you want to maybe talk about like if we we're making this specifically something that was the most impactful in the year of twenty nineteen. It practically has to be. I think it has to be the... Yeah. Ma- ju- not just Taylor Swift Masters. Yeah. And not just the sale of Big Machine. But the but whole also, discussion. Or, but the whole discussion of Masters recordings, because that would incorporate your uh, story for the yeah. fire and the loss of those right. Masters. Yeah. I think I'm good with that. Just yeah. Masters. Uh, just audio right. Masters. I think you're right. Because just like how we are on the precipice of a new era of television... We are also on a precipice of a new era of music. Mm-hmm. The streaming era has now taken over to the point where streaming numbers matter more than airplay, more than record sales. This year, the Billboard chart had its lowest selling number one record of all time with like, what was it, 500 something, like 564 sold records or something like yes. that? Yes. But because of, the strength, because of the strength of streaming and stuff, like, that doesn't matter anymore. You can have a number one charting album on a slow week, just on the, the just on the, the wings of your fans on the internet. You know, uh, in addition to all those masters, we can throw in, or at least like tack on the end of that, the loss of the MySpace masters recordings yeah. as well. Because, yeah, I think overall o- music ownership is getting more questionable as we go on. As the companies, as the record companies get bigger and more powerful and or come into a situation where they're purchased by someone powerful... And then also, as we go into the digital era, as you said earlier, where things are not physical anymore as much as they used to be, then yeah, these things are going to continue to be a question. And 2019 was the first year where we saw the repercussions for that. Mm-hmm. We saw artists basically realizing, 
I just straight up don't have ownership of the things I created. Right, and like you said, with the music fire, or with MySpace, or even with uh, the uh, no music for yeah, ice, yeah. it determines it's really more important now where those masters are going yeah. and where that streaming Who is. Who has control Who has of it? your music and what are they doing? All right, so we're gonna call it master yeah. master recordings. I like That's that. Good. All right, cool. I like it. Okay, good. And within the hour mark, just as we should be. Yep. So. Now that we have talked about that, it means I could talk 10 minutes on the best songs. Of, no, let's no, not. No, no. No. It's, uh, time it's time for, for list. personal lists, and our list this year are about our albums. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Listicles. Listicles, a little. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, since I went first for television, why don't you go first for music? All right. Uh, since we're only going to do albums. Yes, only albums. Only albums. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions before you begin your top five? Yes, I do. But do you know how many albums we listened to this year? Uh, or at least that we talked about on the Meepo podcast. I feel like podcast. we listened to quite a, quite a bit this year. Yes. I want to say probably more than television shows. Is that true? No. No? Uh, it felt like it. Uh, it felt like it, probably, but no. 62. Uh, no. 53. Oh. So we did it. Just a little more than an uh, album a week. Yeah, we yeah. did an album a week. Like we said we wanted to. We did it. We did it. Uh, it. Yeah, some of those weeks did include talking about two, three albums. Yeah. But for the most part, we said what we wanted to do and listen to an album yeah. a week. I wasn't able to do the thing I said I was going to at the beginning of the year, which was <laughs> listen to every number one album. Because after the third variation on Rapper Who Sounds Like Future, I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> You mean after 21 Savage and Hoodie Season? Yeah, and, and even Juice World. Even Juice World and year. Future. Yeah. yeah, it was just a lot of the same kind of thing, and I was just getting burned out. Yep. But we did listen to a lot of music. All right. Uh, moving. Okay, so, so I'm going to do my honorable albums list. Mentions. Honorable mentions? Yeah. Okay, honorable mentions. I'm going to go with uh, two, actually. Okay. Let's go with... Actually, three. Okay. Uh, first one being three by the Lumineers. <laughs> All right. I like the songs that they put on that album. Yeah, but it depressed the shit but out of you. But it depressed the shit out of you. <laughs> Second album I'm going to listen list. Uh-huh. Also depressed the shit out of me. Uh-huh. Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. I liked that album. Yeah. Just, I liked other albums Dude, more than I that. Like okay. Okay. And, well, then I guess my theory is completely thrown off. And <laughs> uh, third album I'm going to put off is All the Fields by Fitz and the Tratrum. Yeah. This may come out of left field, <laughs> but as I reported on, yeah. everything in that, in that album is goddamn catchy right. and sounds like it should be at the end of an animated film. <laughs> and you know what? And it probably well, will be. And it probably will be, because as I went back to listen to it, I was like, yeah. These are catchy and they're good, but yeah. they're not like over the top great albums. Yeah. Which brings me to my number five album. All right, so your top five proper. My top five proper albums. Um, number five is a split. Um, it is going to be uh, with Dedicated. Okay. By Carly Rae Jepsen. All right. And it's going to be. Center Point Road by Thomas Rhett. Two completely different records. Yes, but both for the exact same reason, though. Okay. Uh, that being is, I only liked half of their albums. Ah. Uh, wow. Uh, what? Ow. Ow. Ouch. 
Ouch. <laughs> no. I, I mean, like I said uh, when I listened to the Thomas Red album, it's good, I like it, but he records over himself so much that it becomes Thomas and the Rhett, <laughs> not Thomas Rhett. Yes. Uh, he does a lot of that reverb, re-vocal, yeah. multi-track. And it, for me, it just ruined a lot of the songs, yeah. which are otherwise decent songs. But meanwhile, with Dedicated, I had the opposite problem where <laughs> I didn't like necessarily like all the lyrics to it. But as she ended up saying eventually in that <laughs> album, all I want is the sound, sound, yes. sound, sound, sound. Yeah. Uh but, yeah, I really liked the Dedicated album. I would put this more over than the Thomas Rhett album. Yeah. But the Thomas Rhett album had more hits, but only by, like, one or two songs. Yeah. But I really loved the Dedicated album from Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. So much so that I have three of those songs um, ended up being, like, some of my top played songs of the year, according to Spotify. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, it was The Sound, Too Much, and Party for One. <laughs> those are my three songs That's that I funny. loved from that album. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones. Yep. But like I said, those are the only three that I really liked out of that whole album. So it's a give and take. of I love the album, but yeah. I love the songs, but not necessarily the whole album. Oh, we'll get to uh, albums that I, I love with giant asterisks later. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely talk about that. Alright, speaking of songs with, or speaking of albums with giant <laughs> asterisks, yes. uh, my number four uh-huh. is Zach Brown Band, uh-huh. The Owl. Right, yes, I remember you being very, like, <laughs> ambivalent about this thing, and by that I mean, like, again, more, one of those halfway things, just like you're yes. talking about, where it's like, a lot of this makes perfect sense, and a lot of this is a lot of fun, and some of this, I don't know where he's, where he's going with right. it. As I break down Zach Brown Band with the Zach model yeah. is their songs go from Gen Z songs, mm-hmm. acoustic version, <laughs> and country ass country songs. Yeah. Uh, AC And yeah. Um, <laughs> like even like one of the Gen Z songs, OMW, is catchy enough that it gets stuck in my head. Uh-huh. OMW, OMW. But the one song <laughs> on this album that is that I would put like higher up anywhere else is um one man band uh-huh. from this song from this album it is very cute it's very nice it's a lovey ass lovey song and every time i hear it it's just ah oh, cuz it, it's acoustic it's an acoustic version yeah. of a country song that just speaks to me like strikes me right here and yes, I'm pointing to both my head and my heart at the same time because <laughs> it strikes me right there. But that is just one song off the whole album. Right, right, right. They have a bunch of other good songs on there too, including Warrior. But it's like I said, the whole album as a whole is very wide in wide reaching. Yeah. That because they don't settle on one thing, I get kind of like this hodgepodge of music, which I enjoyed. I clearly enjoyed it enough to put it on my list, just not enjoyed it as much to make it my number yeah. one. Because there are some songs on there I'm like, uh, this is not necessarily for me. Yeah. Uh, what number am I at? Three. Three. I'm at three. Uh, a song or an album that may be on your list, I'm not sure. We'll see. 
Lover by Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, much in the same vein, I <laughs> loved this album when it came out. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit hesitant as the single started rolling out, including <laughs> Me and Cruel Summer. But listening it as an album, front to back, as a whole album, it definitely worked for me. Okay. It worked better than I thought it was going to be. A lot better than Reputation did. Oh, yeah. Like, miles ahead. Didn't quite hit the high notes that 1989 did. Okay. But more so that I enjoyed listening to it to where I put, I think, five or six songs on it, including a song that will never be on the radio, <laughs> Paper Rings, yeah, but is yeah. on my 2019 song list. I heard, uh, while we're on the subject of Paper Rings, I heard uh, I read a really great tweet about it a, a few weeks ago where somebody was saying, I can't wait until Paper Rings is the credits roll song at the end of a teen movie yeah and i'm like yeah 100% it sounds exactly like oh that. yeah <laughs> but yeah i'll talk more about my opinions about lover when we get to to my list right <laughs> and uh that brings me to my number two albums okay my number two is an album that came out beginning of this year oh but it was so much so a part of my Repertoire of go-to songs this year that I had to put yeah. it on this list, and I had to put it high on this list. Okay. And that is Greetings from Jake <laughs> by Jake Owen. Right. Uh, this album is gave me and gave basically everyone I know <laughs> the lovely song that is, or the lovely dose that is, you can't drink all day <laughs> if you don't start in the morning. <laughs> Yes, it's true. As well as Down to the Honky Tonk, where she, where Sheila goes batshit on tequila, <laughs> which that stagecoach was played constantly, <laughs> basically screamed, and was had a blast the entire time. Uh, also on this album uh, was I Was Jack and You Were Diane, <laughs> and the song that I said was buried because I heard it last year, but wasn't released officially until this year. Yeah. Uh, Made for you, mm-hmm. the lovey ass lovey song. Yeah. That he wrote for his wife. And even though it was like towards the end of the album, I'm glad it made it on the album because it is just it's a house song. Meaning, you could literally buy a house with it. It is that good. People will play this song at weddings. Yeah. This will become people's go-to songs. This is a couple last couple song. This was a big year for... A big comeback year for love songs. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember there being so many where I'm like, oh, this should be at a dance at a wedding. Right. I mean, there's also a bunch of other songs on this album as well, including Catch a Cold one that just made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mexico in Our Minds. It's just a great album that perfectly crossed that summer love feeling as well as that just summer feeling as well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good, like I said, good drinking songs in this album. And overall, it's an album that I am did not expect originally to be on my end of the year list. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, the more it basically was like, yeah, this has too many good songs for me to dismiss it. Yeah. 
Now, but that brings me to my number one album. And I have a feeling you know what it is. Because I called it you called when it this when it came album out. came out. Um, yeah, when this album came out, I basically said, I'm calling it now. This is my Hail Mary drop right here. Yep. This is going to be my number one album of the year. Yep. And sure enough, it definitely is. As it takes my number one slot, yep. it is Midland, yep. Let It Roll. I figured it would be. Uh, what part gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just how, how much you love this band already before they put out this record. Yes. And then also just how much you gushed about it when it came out. Oh, uh, this... Like, like, and when I've heard of it, I totally get it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a classic country album in a in an era where classic country albums aren't made anymore. Well, no, like I try to tell people, yeah, um, it's our generation's Eagles. They have the exact same song, similar, sound, right? similar sound of the Eagles, but they're fresh and yeah. they take that and. Literally roll with it. <laughs> Unintended. Yeah. But everything on this album, from front to back, I've listened to this thing front to back multiple times. I listen to this thing on shuffle, and every single song on this album hits for me. Yeah. Let It Roll, 14 Gears, Mr. Lonely, the first song off this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song also has, basically, if I make a top five songs... It could just be five songs from this album, yeah. which is the exact same problem I had <laughs> last year right. with uh, Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour yeah, album, yeah. where I could just put five songs from that album thing, in yeah. my top five song list. Yeah. And it's, I mean, my favorite song on this album is Cheatin' Song, but even that might be replaced by Put the Hurt on Me or I Love You Goodbye. There's just so many good songs that. Even though that there are a lot of good two-step songs, like good dancing songs, there's a lot of good just sit back and drink a song. There's even a song on here called Every Song's a Drinking Song <laughs> When You're Drinking. That makes sense. Also, Cheating by the Rules, Playboys. There's just so many good songs on this album that I will just put this album yeah. on and be happy that this album exists. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. It definitely seems like something that you're... Looking forward to when it was exactly what you needed it to be. Yeah, because they had released like individual songs as it came out to the big release. Yeah, and I was like, okay, like they put it's, out three songs. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for this, and then I was just completely blown away because every song for me was a hit. I connected with every song. Yeah, and even though the song may not have been for me, the whole beat, melody, the songwriting experience, mm-hmm. I could feel through it. And it just made me love this band even more. And I'm very excited to see them basically take off in this next year. Great. Or at least hopefully take off. Like, I know they can. I think think, think they can. But those are my top five albums. Yeah. Matt, did you listen to any music this week? Did I? (laughs) Um, So, before I go into my top five, I'm going to go into my uh, honorable mentions here. I'm going to go quick because there's a lot of them that I want to at least shout out. Yes. First and foremost, Dedicated by Carly Rae Jepsen. Did not make my top five. What? Which I, I did not... If you asked me at the beginning of this year that if the Carly Rae Jepsen album would make my top five, I would have probably told you, well, surely it will. That's what I said. No. No? This was such a strong year in music that even Carly Rae Jepsen didn't make it. Okay. Wow. Um, should I revise <laughs> then? 
don't change anything. Okay. Leave it as it is. We'll, fig- we'll have to figure something out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it didn't make it. I liked it a lot. What it uh, a lot what she did with this one. It wasn't as strong as emotion, but I didn't expect it to be. I think it's a very ex- uh, very cool record, and there's a lot of great songs on it. It's definitely one of the better pop pop records of the year. That being said, only one pop album made it. One, well, I guess technically two. Uh, made into my top five, so it was a very it was just tough, stiff competition this year. Okay. Um, also, kind of around the same uh, same kind of uh, uh, realm, uh, wanted to mention Ariana Grande's "Thank You Next." Uh, thank you, Common Next. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite records of the year, but I think when it was strong, it was super strong. And the single "Thank You Next" is probably one of the more important songs written last decade. Like it is that important. That being said, um, it just didn't quite make it. Uh, there were other better route, uh, out, uh, pop albums over the course of the year. Also, wanted to shout out a recent release that I really liked, uh, Miranda Lambert's uh, Wildcard. Uh, yes, I really, really enjoyed that record, and it didn't quite make it where it needed to be. And then let's see if I can rattle off a bunch of quick ones. Um, Morbid stuff by the band Pup. Um, the new Field Mouse record, the new Longbeard record, uh, Emily Rio's Only You Can See It. I saw her open for Charlie Bliss uh, this mm-hmm. year and was wowed by what I heard, so I went home and basically binged her record for like four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said No Home Record? Open. Huh? Yeah, uh, Kim Gordon's No Home Record? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can mention that one. Well, I don't need to mention all of these. I know. But I just, uh, uh, if I can think of any other ones that I want to mention here. Oh yeah, the Vivian Girls Comeback Record Memories. Uh, there were so many, but um, ultimately, I have to get into these top five so okay. we can uh, All right. wrap up here. Number five. Alright, so my number five, I am also going to talk about Taylor Swift's Lover. This is your number five? This is my number five. Ooh. So here's the thing. I am so conflicted by this record. I think some of it is easily a top two Taylor Swift record for me. It is just as good, if not better, than 1989 in so many respects, except it has four songs that weigh the whole thing down. Ooh. And that's the problem with Lover. I think some of this are the best songs she's ever written. I think the title track, Lover, is beautiful. I love every time I hear it. I love that it's become a radio single and has basically obliterated the rest of the radio singles and is the only one that most of the time they'll play. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's one, It's an instant classic for me. I will definitely, uh, that will go down as a top, like easily one of the top Taylor Swift songs of all time for me. Cruel Summer, also amazing song i freaking love that thing it would have been a song of the summer if it had had come out just a little bit earlier in the year um just the the paper rings as you said um there's so many strong songs on that thing uh that i just can't believe how one album can have such highs and also such ridiculous lows well are you talking about like you need to calm down london boy is the worst song Taylor Swift has ever written. The Man? The Man's okay. It grew, grew on me over the course of the year, uh, but still one of the weaker ones. Right. And then the singles, uh, and You Need to Calm Down, and Me, exclamation point. Right. They're just not what we wanted out of the Taylor Swift record, which is why you said when the singles came out, we were hesitant. 
I was ready to. You were immediately going to write this off. I was ready to ignore it, but when I heard "Lover," my entire like like view changed. I was like, "Oh, I should give this a chance." Yep. And then when I heard the whole record, I was like, "Well, I can't deny that most of this is undeniable. Like most of this is some of the best music she's ever written. Most of this record is the best record of the year." The only thing is because of those four songs being such crap. <laughs> so you're going to... It has to be on it. my list, but it has to be at the bottom. So you're going to knock it because of four yeah. songs. Yes. So that means that every other... that the, These next four albums you're going to list yes. have no bad songs. Yes. Really? That is what I'm saying. That is what you're going to put that down That is what right I'm now. saying. That is what you're saying to my face right now. That is what I'm saying to your face right now. Okay. So <laughs> what was the first... Perfect record, then. Well, I'll you. get there. Uh, oh, you're not, done, you're not done with... with Real quick, it. I just want to wrap up by saying, my Spotify wrap-up told me that apparently I listened to the Taylor Swift... Uh, I listened to Lover more than anything else this year. And you know what? I believe it. Because there was a period of months where I was listening to it every single day. Wait, the song or the album? The album. Oh. It tells you albums? Yeah. Oh. Probably and that up. so I knew that it was like, okay, clearly there's something to this. So it had to be on my top five, but it couldn't be any higher than five. So say what the, say what you will, but that was my experience this year with Taylor Swift. Number four, I'm moving on. My number four record this year, and this was tough. Basically, from here on out, choosing a number one between all of these was actually really really hard to do. So much like your TV list. Yeah, very similar. Uh, number four is All Mirrors by Angel Olsen. So you may recall. That when this came out, um, I mentioned that d- you shouldn't be surprised if this shows up on a bunch of your end lists. Yes. It is already uh, showing up on a bunch of your end lists, and for good reason. Like, I've liked Angel Olsen before, but this may be the best thing she's ever done. Every single song is, like, massive. It's like an event. It's like arena music, if arena music was written from a place of emotionality instead of a place of entertainment. It's so, like, so in her wheelhouse. It's still her writing style, except blown up in a most, the most maximalist way possible. Like, I think maximalism is coming back next decade. I think I mentioned this on the show before. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an early example of that, where I think that production is going to blow up. I think it's all going to be about what's the craziest, biggest, show-stopping thing you can do in music now. And I think she's on the precipice of this, and just... An impeccable record, beginning to end. So you're saying stadium sound is coming back? It is. I think it is. I think, I think that Kanye threw us a a, a, a curveball when Yeezus came out in 2013. But I think now I think it's come. We're realizing again, like no, no, big, big is big. We want epic, sweeping things. It's not the only album on this list. I'll get to more epic, sweeping things later. Uh, that I think has that in common with this. But yeah, I think. Uh, the thing that Angel Olsen made here, I think, is going to open her up to a completely new audience. I think she's going to be headlining a stadium at some point next year. Ooh. Like, I think that I think this is the moment that she can seize and like become a bigger star. And I think it'll open up a whole world of people to the kind of songwriting that only someone like her can make. Okay, you heard it here. Yes, that's my. That's my your hot going take. Going into the new decade statement, maximalism is coming. That's, that's your hot take. Get ready. That's my hot take. Moving on, number three. So, like you said, this is, was really hard to do. 
Uh, but my number three, only because the top two other records were just slightly better. One I didn't even think would be even near my top five at the beginning of the year if you had asked me. Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell. So, for the past yeah. four years, I've been telling you to listen to yeah. Lana Del Rey. I've been very dismissive of Lana. I yes. mean, I was, uh, when she was a new artist, I thought the whole thing was a joke. I couldn't take her seriously. I didn't know what she was trying to do. And now I think we as a society have caught up to Lana Del Rey. Right. And I think this is the thing that proves it. Is now artifice is society. Society is artifice. Who knows what the hell is true? No one knows anymore because there are politicians and people out there basically telling us lies straight to our face, knowing that we won't question it. And then those who are looking for the facts are dismissed and basically told that we're wrong without even any sort of verification. So Lana's been doing that the whole time. She knew that pop culture is meaningless. She knew that pop culture, as fun as entertaining it is, is just an artifice that covers up everything else. And that's her shtick. It's always been her shtick. Mm -hmm. She combines elements of pop culture from the past, current, and future and basically makes that into a character who she's called Lana Del Rey and makes music with that character. Except now it's getting to the point where that music seems genuine. And that music is genuine because now the things that she's singing about are our culture. They've become true. Yeah. It's always been her <laughs> yeah. her go-to. So, like, we may have made fun of her when she was, like, making literal songs about, like... What you do know, you mean, we? Like, I mean, we <laughs> is, like, the internet. Okay. Like, we didn't understand when she was making songs about this. But now, like, with, with this, she's combined that approach with songs that really tap into a current zeitgeist. Like, the stuff on this record is just crazy. And then, to add on top of that... The production of mm-hmm. this thing is second to none. Some of the best production I've heard, like the the immense sprawl of Venice Bitch is yes. just amazing. And it just every, it's like six, seven minutes long. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel like it, though, it goes, because it constantly going, is evolving yeah. and moving. And like has different, like, it's like a it sweet. Doesn't, it never sits. It's yeah. like the ocean, just always <laughs> rolling, always moving. Yeah, like the ocean of Venice Beach. Like, fact, like a beach. You could say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then like, there's a cover of Sublime in here. Oh yes, that that Sublime cover yeah. has been hitting the radio waves. Yeah, and I'm yes, not it shocked. Blows my mind in a way. Like I, at the same time, yeah, there's not there's an element of like, well, of course, K Rock picked this up. Yes, but then the other side though, think about that, those those words that K Rock is playing a lot of Del Rey song. Yes, like who would have saw that coming? No one. It's insane. And, like, the stuff that she accomplishes here, and a lot of it is, and the man I didn't uh, didn't think over in, um, um, uh, when I was talking about Lover, Jack Antonoff, producer out of nowhere of the decade. <laughs> like, he has proven himself with this one-two punch this year. More than Trent Reznor this I think, decade? I think so. Uh, like, now. Like, I think that the, 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 the space that he's carved now for pop production... Mm-hmm. I think that he is an indelible person to watch in the next decade as we go into it. Hmm. Because I think I think that this getting an album of the year nod is important. I think Lana has a chance. Yes. I think she might win. Ooh. You are already seeing um, uh, that the major websites are giving this number one. They are? Yes. I have uh, not seen that. Pitchfork gave uh, Lana Del Rey number one this week. Okay. Uh, and Stereo Gum also did last week. Uh, Rolling Stone, I believe, also. For the year. For the year. Okay. So, yeah, it's happening. Okay. It's happening. I think this is, 
There's literally a song on here where she talks about making the next best American record. And I think she did. She might have done that on accident. <laughs> I think she did it. Um, also, <laughs> note that this t- hit the pop culture zeitgeist yes. with the booming um, search of who is Norman Rockwell. <laughs> yes, a bunch of people didn't know who Norman Rockwell was. Now they do. Also, I mean, Lana is popping up in places all over the place now. She was a guest on Casey Musgrave's Christmas special. Yep. Um, in which she did a, a duet with Casey herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I could talk more about this, but somehow this is not my number one record. No, because you have two more albums. So I have two more albums, and they are basically in my head tied for number one, because one of them dominated the first half of my year, and the second one dominated the second half of my year. Okay, so one A and one B? Yeah, but really it's two and one, because I do think one is ever so slightly better. Okay, so we had a photo finish, Yeah. and determined that... And determined that the yes. first runner-up, should number one not fulfill her duties yes, exactly. as Matt's number one album yes, of the year, yes. is... So number two, uh, Young Enough by Charlie Bliss. Charlie Bliss? Charlie Bliss. Wow. So, both of these, my one and two records, have something in common. They're both bands that this is their sophomore release, uh, and they're both albums that are vast evolutions of what their first album said they could do. Um, in Charlie Bliss's case, their first album was one of my favorite albums of that year, uh, which was, I think, 2017. Uh, so a couple of years ago. It was my album of the summer. Every song on that thing was a blast to listen to. It was just a breath of fresh air, every track. And, like, it was just so much fun. And what uh, what they did with the second album is they were like, let's do that, but let's tweak it. Let's talk about bigger subject matter. Let's make the production even better. And let's make a song as it sent the the title track as the centerpiece and just make it sound enormously huge let's let's <laughs> make this thing make a statement for who we are and that's exactly what they did so they're no longer just like a niche rock band like they made a statement this year and on top of all that i saw them live this year and it was the most fun i've ever had at a concert in my entire life Ooh. They put on an amazing show. So it's not only are you getting liking them for an album, but you're liking them for live yeah. performance. Yeah. So like just so strong. Every second of this thing was just amazing. Um, I but yeah, the title track though is especially a standout. It was like as if like they, I don't know that they like met like like in the middle between like. LCD sound system and like arcade fire in the middle and just like made like an anthem like it was just crazy so yeah definitely uh, just ruled my first half of the year like it was just every almost every I've listened to this thing but then another album came along and tore up the rest of the year 2019 yeah. so my number one album of the year uh now, no backseas, so what is your number one album? <laughs> no backseas, I know. Is Four of Arrows by Great Grandpa. Now, <laughs> I don't, don't believe you've talked about this album on the podcast. I did not talk about on this the on the podcast. podcast because I didn't think that it would matter to anybody. But, but it mattered to me. It mattered enough to you to name it your number one album, though. So, so this is another band where this is their second album, and... Man, if you listened to the first and second records of theirs back-to-back, you wouldn't know it was the same band if it wasn't for some similar-sounding vocals. 
They basically debuted as like a grunge influence kind of 90s alt tribute kind of band where they were like making kind of like that kind of style of music where it was like noisy sections, catchy choruses, fun, like, you know, silly songs. They literally have a song at the end of their first record about zombies attacking when you're high Hmm. called, get this, 28 J's Later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, forget all about that because for their second record, they decided to get serious. And made basically this emotional masterpiece of a record. And I don't usually use the word masterpiece. <laughs> this thing, so there's a lot of like uh, interviews and like press they did before this thing came out. And they said that their motto for this record while they were recording it was, Go slow, make big choices. And you can hear that in every song here. They took their time to make sure that each of these songs was special, had a deep meaning to it. And was produced, like, to perfection. Like, there's, like, orchestral pieces here. There's a piano interlude between a couple of the songs that's just beautiful. There are string sections. There are just soaring choruses. And the lyrics are there, too. There are really touching songs about loss and family relationships. There are songs about finding meaning in your life. There are songs about, like... It just incredible stuff on this thing, and it just sounds like nothing else I've listened to in years. It became basically an instant classic for me, like the first time I listened to it. I was just like, "All right, cool. This is this is my number one. I don't even need to think about this anymore. This is my number one." Your number one album or your number one song? Uh, uh, album of the year. Okay. And so yeah, it was just it was easy for You're me. You're talking to about get a there. song there. That's why I asked. Album, but briefly, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and so like there, there is just I. Recommend that if this sounds interesting to you and if you like kind of the established canon of like the dramatic indie record, like this I think should be added to that canon. Like it's that good. And if you don't know about Great Grandpa, try out a song. I recommend their single Digger. It has a spectacular explosive ending where it comes out of nowhere at you and just like obliterates you with guitars. It sounds incredible. So I recommend it to everybody who's listening to this. Hmm, okay. All right. That's my number one record. All right. That's your number one record. So it means... The top five. We have to, uh, we have to establish somehow, somehow so an album. We have one album... Wait, no. Yeah, do we have... Yeah, we have one album crossover. We have one album crossover, <laughs> but we have three albums with honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, those being Lover by Taylor Swift... Dedicated by Carly Rae Jepsen and Norman fucking Rockwell (laughs) by Lana Del Rey. It's tough that you don't have Lana and Taylor swapped here because I feel like then Lana would be a a, like an easy shoe in. Yes, but but like I said, Taylor ranks higher. But like I said, with the (laughs) when I do my rankings, it's which album do I skip less on? Which song ended up on my list more? Yeah, and that's the thing is I. There's a playlist I made of Lover without songs I don't like. Yeah. I listen to that more than probably the album proper. <laughs> so, in a way, I did listen to it more than anything else this year. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so, do we, do we put Lover? Because yeah. I'm personally fine going with um, Lana Del Rey or Carly Rae Jepsen. 
it's tough. Pulling a fast one. I don't think Carly ranks it for me. Okay. I don't think I would be comfortable enough to put her on there if it wasn't on if she wasn't on either of our lists. And you're yes, it's tech, she's technically on your list. But yes, it's like but just caveat. yes, it's five asterisk five a five. So like, I don't think we can do that. Okay. And and as much as I want Lana obviously to take it, I just her not being on your list at all kind of removes her from the running. I think ultimately here, even with my reservations about Lover, I think it has to be. Okay, well... <laughs> all right, so we're just going to easily yeah. just... no, Not much of an argument, just say Lover is yeah. our 2019 album of the year. I think it can be. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm good with that. Like I said, a lot, a lot of those songs appeared on my 2019 album. That I created, yeah. so I am fine with it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think I'm fine with that. Okay. Compromise. Compromise? Yeah. I mean, because we didn't really have any other crossovers. Uh, that being said, we did listen to 53 albums this year. So, in uh, so yeah, we're going to crown Lover as our album of the year, but let's go through briefly some other albums we listened to, including... A boogie with the hoodie. Oh my god. Hoodie season. That did uh, happen. Dinner by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Thank you, Common Next. Ariana Grande. Talk about that. Head Above Water. Avril Lavigne had an album oh, this yeah. year. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That thing was not very good. <laughs> uh, what, else, what is it really good? Uh-huh. You Can't Say Country by Florida Georgia Line. Oh god. Uh, Weezer had an album. The Black Album. Oh yeah, that was this year? Yep. Oh, Jesus. Um, you also listened to when we, or I listened to actually, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie uh, we Eilish. We both did. And yeah, that's notable because of the year that Billie Eilish has right. had for certain. But also notable because we listened to it and realized <laughs> this is not for us. We're old. We're old. <laughs> I think that was when we realized we're old. Um, other albums we listened to Rebooted by Brooks and Dunn. Right. Uh, Ventura by Anderson.pack. Uh, let's see here. Igor by Tyler, comma, the creator. <laughs> yep. Uh, Free Spirit by uh, Khalid. Yep. You listened to BTS, Map of the Soul. I did, yes. I was surprised that that is mostly a rap album. <laughs> <laughs> you also listened, speaking of rap albums, you listened to Logic, Confession of a Dangerous Mind. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> yep. Uh, I listened to Widow Weeds by Silver Sun Pickups, uh-huh. Doom Days by Bastille, Orion by X Ambassadors, and Happiness Begins by Jonas Brothers. Yes, I listened to Half of Happiness Begins by Jonas Brothers. <laughs> uh, let's see. We also had the Lion King album, The Gift by Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, Fever Dream by Of Monsters and Men. The Big Day by Chance the Rapper. Oh, what a disappointment that thing was. Yep. Speaking of disappointment... Drake with Care Package. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't as much a disappointment. It was just more Drake music. Well, no. That old was, Drake that was music. old Drake music. Yeah. Uh, we also had Inspired by True Events, Tori Kelly. Yep. Uh, nine by Blink-182. Yep. Not to be done with Nine, nine by, by Jason Aldean. Aldean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Brimstone and Fire by Brantley Gilbert. Uh-huh. No Home Record by Kim Gordon. Yep. Keep Going by Mike Posner. Uh-huh. Jesus is King, Kanye West. Yeah. Old Dominion with Old Dominion. Yeah. What You See is What You Get with Luke Combs and Wildcard Miranda Lambert. Yes. 
So and uh, just last week I talked about Romance by uh, Camila Cabello. Right. Uh, like I said, we hit fifty three albums. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, this year, I mean, thank you Spotify for making <laughs> that available to us. Now just uh, pay the artists more, and we'll like you even more. Yes, more than we already do. <laughs> Uh, but All right, that does it. I mean, that does it for you. I can still keep going. Like I said, yeah. I did a single chart. No, I think we're done. No, we're done? Let's stop podcasting for today. Okay. We're going to stop podcasting. Yep. If you loved what you just heard, then we do this weekly. Yeah, hi. Uh, yes, in case you don't know, the Media Boat Podcast is a weekly podcast on Wednesday nights and on or about. Uh, we are sometimes live on YouTube. If you want to see us live, you can go to youtube.com slash mediaboat and find us there. And uh, like and subscribe and click the bell for notifications when you go live. You can also find us in audio form, just like you're listening right now. Go to uh, your podcast source of uh, your choice and search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find us there. Uh, you can also uh, find us on social media. At Media Boat Cast is our Twitter handle. You can also find us on Facebook by searching Media Boat Podcast as well. Find our page, like, comment, etc. You can find us playing video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. You can donate to us on our Patreon so we can do fun extra episodes just like this more often. Consider donating at least as little as a dollar a month. And even that small amount will make us happy and give us more money to do things with. So thank you for considering us. And then uh, that will do it for our wrap-up edition of the Media Boat Podcast Episode 2. We will be back with episode three about video games. Yes, that will be after the weekend on Monday. So yes. enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday. Yes. And we will see you all when we return. Or yes. if you're listening to this in the future. You can listen to it right now. You can listen to it right now. All right, bye. Okay, bye.